Today's podcast is sponsored by MPB, the online pricing engine that provides the right price for any camera or lens. Get free kit pickup and get paid within days or without leaving your home. How much could you get? Find out with a free instant quote at www.mpb.com forward slash sell. Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Movies Podcast for Monday the 19th of June 2023. We're, we recorded this podcast yesterday, well yesterday, today's Sunday I guess, um, because Simon is unavailable at the usual time and so we Typical. wanted yeah, we wanted to have a full team. So with me today are Simon Crust. Hello everybody, um, apologies, there will be no live unboxing this evening. <laughs> and Mark Costello. Evening all, a very disappointed evening all. <laughs> we uh, we can Surely, do some unboxing. I, I was going to say that you can always just whip out your department can, S one more time. Yeah, we can. Do but it, it won't be live, it. will it? It won't be live. Well, yeah. And the three I mean, people looking forward to it will be very disappointed. <laughs> isn't isn't technically live anyway? So so there is that. Um, this week we're going to be talking about the current DC extended universe showrunner James Gunn. And how he described one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. He described it about the Flash. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be talking about the Flash and whether or not it's one of the greatest superhero films of all time. <laughs> we're going to talk about the film that made Mark miss Michael Bay's Transformers sequels, Rise of the Beast, uh, and reflect on the fact that the tremendously entertaining Extraction 2 is on Netflix and didn't make it to the cinemas, Ooh. but Expendables 4 is? Expend 4 balls. That's what it should be called from now on. Just, I, I, I mean, it's on the trailer. Expend 4 balls. There you I, go. I am on board with, with that description. <laughs> now we're going to review the latest John Wick Chapter, chapter 4 on demo-worthy 4K. Uh, we're going to talk about the actual tech of uh, the Dino Sci-Fi 65 on 4K. You saw it unboxed last week, so it was teased. Uh, <laughs> celebrate the return of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the season two premiere. Survive Black Mirror season six. Trash HBO's The Idol and trash Tom Holland's Apple's Crowded ha Room. I nearly said Crowded House. <laughs> crowded House. I say Crowded House every time. I nearly put Crowded House. Show your age, Cass. A review I didn't review, right. Um, and get all nostalgic about Arnold. Yes. That's what we've got in store. Right, let's you dip didn't into... You tell me to watch Arnold. Uh, okay, all right. Um... You don't need to be told to watch Arnold. Well, I did, my, I did my best. Arnold. You give me a list of stuff to watch, <laughs> and I've watched it all. If Arnold would be on there, I still wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's uh, let's do some comps, Mark. Go. Uh, okay, right. Well, there's all manner of goodies that you can win today. So uh, Ultra HD, first of all, you've got a copy of the Transformers 6 movie 4K Ultra HD Steelbook Collection. You've got uh, the Changeling from Second Sight. You've got Cocaine Bear. You've got Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And you've got Brotherhood of the Wolf, all on 4K. If it's just regular glorious 1080p Blu-ray, then we've got you covered too with inland empire champions 65 it man the awakening local heroes 
Conquest of Everest, Shazam Fury of the Gods, and all manner of other good stuff that isn't disc-shaped at all. Uh, so head on over to avforums.com forward slash competitions to enter. All competitions, as ever, are open to eligible AV Forums members resident in the UK. Yes, it's a nice selection. I am going to do a specific shout-out for the Scalectrics box with uh, Kit and the DeLorean in it, mainly because I run so many of these Scalectrics competitions and I want the prizes <laughs> for every single one but the Mr Bean one. I was okay without the Mr Bean one, but all <laughs> of the others, I wanted the prize. And this is like the third time we've had a Kit and a DeLorean in, because we, we had them separately, I think in the in with the track these are just i think the two cars and i, I they never send spare scale lectures in fact they never even send them to me and run the risk that they don't make it through to the winners they got your number got yeah, your yeah, they clearly number, have Harlow. but every time <laughs> you know it's for the kids it's for the kids man i want them for the kids feel sorry for the kids um uh, we yeah, have winners yeah. i'm not going to tell you who they are but there are a bunch of winners you'll hear about them next <laughs> well time. done all you winners who shall remain nameless yes a uh, new patron, Christopher Powell. Thank you very much for joining and a welcome to the patron club where there are some juicy patron competitions. I suspect you will win or have already won one. So, um, good so luck. Good luck. Welcome <laughs> to early access. Uh, uh, let's have some <laughs> movie reviews and news. Right. Uh, uh, summer, we discussed last last time, as the summer blockbuster season has um, already kick-started. We've had a few gems so far, not least uh, Across the Spider-Verse, part one. I'm going to call it part one because they should have kept part one in there. In a summer packed with not only blockbuster sequels, but a succession of part ones. I mean, it's been a tough year for the kids, explaining to them why they have to wait two years to watch the second part. Um, the latest couple of entries have been a little disappointing, to say the least. Uh, let's get the really bad out of the way, Mark. I'm going to assume this is really bad in comparison to The Flash. I haven't seen it, but um, but you 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 made me not take the kids <laughs> to see this. <laughs> so thank you for your service. This is Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Which is ironic, Kaz, because you made me go and see this. Uh, all right. Well, look, we we all saw Bumblebee. Yes. Right? Now, Transformers, I I've, I reviewed the last night. So you have to remember that when talking about Rise of the Beast. I've done my service mm, when it comes to... I saw the second Transformers movie at IMAX because I actually enjoyed the first. So when the second one came out, I thought, I'll go all the way to London to the BFI IMAX to go and see the second movie and... It was one of the worst experiences I because bet. of the sheer level of effort put into such a long, monotonous and bad movie. <laughs> if my if my aging memory serves me rightly, the second one, Revenge of the Falling, is that the one that had swinging robot testicles in it? Yes. And you saw that in IMAX cast. It I... explains a lot. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. You only know that after. See. <laughs> Okay. Well, yes. And I, and I yes. enjoyed the first movie. Everyone did because the I, first one was good. It was it was good, and it, it it I thought that they just all they would need to do is like figure out well, the ridiculous amount but, of changing robot thing. Well, but... well, look, there is there is one good thing 
no, scratch that. There's one really terrible thing we can all take away from Transformers Rise of the Beast, and that it obviously wasn't all just Michael Bay's fault. <laughs> uh, Rise of the Beast. Now, I have to admit, I don't have a huge amount of history with the expanded Transformers franchise, shall we say. It's just another uh, toy line. It, it, You know, the Gen 1 toys I had, I was that age. Everything else kind of passed me by. But this, I believe, is a uh, based on the very successful animated TV show, I believe, from the, uh, was it the Beast Wars franchise uh, that had a, a 1996 animated show? Uh, so Rise of the Beast takes a lot of its characters, a lot of its plots from that. So, uh, yes, there is another world somewhere with another dastardly planet-sized beastie trying to eat it. There's some good robots that, for some strange reason, on a planet on the other side of the galaxy, look exactly like human animals. I I don't know why. I'm sure there's a very good reason for that. They there isn't. Hide... There isn't no, no, you're reason. right. You're they right. didn't even bother with a Michael Bay reason. No, I know. And that's what I said in the review. At least Michael yeah. Bay in the first Transformers film explained why they look like yeah. cars. So that's Michael Bay 1, Rise of the Beast, nil, for everyone keeping score. <laughs> uh, but, but look, there's, 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 a, there's a thing you call it. It's an all spark. It's a transwarp key. Whatever the bloody hell it is, it's a MacGuffin. Winds up on Earth. Some good robots want it. Some bad robots want it. And caught in the middle of all this noise and crashing metal are a couple of human characters desperately trying to make their mark, desperately trying to be heard, desperately trying to earn their paycheck. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I think the... the, the I, I don't mind the the Bay Transformers. I am very well aware that The Last Night was pretty poor, but I enjoyed its just bug nuts insanity. The balls that try to somehow link alien space robots to... Yeah, the giant swinging balls atop the pyramids uh, that, that that tried to link Merlin and King Arthur with space robots. I, I admire the the insanity, and uh, and a, a healthy dose of that wouldn't have been missed in Rise of the Beast, shall we say? It skews very young, and ob it's obvious in every facet of it, tonally, visually. It's it's now a proper kids' film. It's plotting is like a kid's film. Something happens because it looks cool. Something <laughs> stops happening because they can't think of a way to make it look any cooler. Uh, the <laughs> plot is 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 dreadful. Uh, and, you know, the for those that like eye and ear porn, yeah, it, it Ooh, doesn't that's have... a very specialist market. <laughs> <laughs> not, on these, not on these forums, sorry. Not for, uh, for Cronenberg. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, it's... It, it it smashy crashy the spectacle, but it 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 has lost what Michael Bay brought to the Transformers, and he manages to do with everything. Michael Bay just sort of puts spectacle right here, and it looks like cinematic spectacle. This looked like it was a very well put together Saturday tea time TV show. Nothing to do with with necessarily the quality of the effects. It's the staging. It's the shot choice. It, it, it's everything else. Now, for me, I'm not a kid anymore as much as I would wish to be. And this film just disappointed because it was so overtly aimed at kids that it just it, it was not for me. Uh, kids will love it. I guarantee it. Families might very well love it. But for me, this was a huge disappointment after Bumblebee 
uh it lost the heart of the characters it lost the stripped back nature and and it lost the hu- weirdly it lost the humanity of bumblebee here uh the 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 two humans that we get uh they're they're, they're what are we? anthony ramos and dominique fishback i mean they're quite charming they're decent enough uh, they're not, thankfully, Mark Warburg's Mark Warburg's hunky American everyman who just happens to be a dab hand with every space laser he ever lays his hands on. He's also not Shia LaBeouf's, you know, hideously hyperactive manchild. Uh, so, so they're quite decent, but that's about it. So, I think unless you've got a gaggle of sproglins uh, desperate to see this at the cinema, it's a save you money. It's a, if there's nothing else on streaming when it comes in. Yeah, probably I mean, give it, it a go then. Honestly, even if you have a got, got a gaggle, just go and see Spider Verse instead. I mean, there's there's surely got to be better options than. Do you know what? I don't even know why I bother writing the review. I should have just put that. Go see Spider Verse <laughs> instead. I mean, that is the, it's it's <laughs> the first year in a few years where you can actually say go and see something else at the cinema. Mm. You're not locked in to one big film playing for. Through two three months or if you're top gun maverick six you know it's it's Very like a, it's like a year where people have choice and it doesn't seem like this is no this should this will not be uh top of anyone's lists unfortunately mm. yeah is it, in is, space, it... is it set in the same universe as the other films yeah, or is it? Uh, yeah, the '90s. It is. It's so, it, yeah, it's, yeah, but of course, it, so none of it's ever mentioned. Yeah, the... exactly, exactly. There's no mention. There's no mention of what happened in Bumblebee, so we don't know if it's the same universe. It's, it, uh, yeah. L- 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 let's let's just say logic side like that has no place in a viewing okay. of this. Movie. I mean, after okay. Bumblebee, we, and we have to take note, something I didn't think about until after this came out was the fact that Bumblebee didn't make enough money. Not, not It didn't. It was the best received since the first movie, but people didn't turn up to watch it. Because they'd and been worn out by the crap before it, presumably. Maybe, well, and, and also it's a niche. It's a specific niche. It's like one character, and it's popular. It's like pioneer porn. Well, yeah. no, do you know what it? No, because there was, and of course, you got John Cena in there and all that. But mm. I think what it was is it's beginning to show the problem for the franchise, which is who is this franchise now for? Because yeah. obviously, when 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 Bay came out, say what you like about his uh, unnerving interest in Megan Fox's rear end, shall we say? <laughs> uh, but Bay made it as if it was a film for adults or for teens. Now, granted, half of the time the plot was just a load of old rubbish and, and, and all that, but it, it was very much a film that adults could... Now, you know, Bumblebee, though, I think it, it went so far for that specific 80s vibe that suddenly it was for, you know, let's just say chaps our age who grew up with the toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and no one else. Yeah. Kids didn't want to see it because it sat in that old-timey-wimey. <laughs> you yeah, know, back in the 80s maybe. when there was none of that internet. And, and of course, now we've got even worse because now it's a, a real kids' film with a bunch of characters that the kids now who it's for have got no relationship to. So yeah. I think they're in a, a huge identity crisis, this franchise, and God knows where they're going to go next. Well, it was really simple where they went. They should have gone back to Cybertron because the opening bit in Bumblebee was like proper Transformers the movie done live action. So, yeah, but you say that, but then if they're on Cybertron, there's no need for them to transform. So suddenly no, it, just becomes, I... it just becomes robots in space. I'm, I am okay <laughs> with that because they transformed into like 
other things, didn't they? And honestly, I'm okay with them being in robot form. <laughs> Giant robots battling on a space planet for whatever. You know, it looked really good at the beginning of Bumblebee. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but you could say, look, look, it, it, you could say that, well, do you know what would be really cool? Huge giant space robots having a massive scrap on top of the pyramids. You say it like that, <laughs> and I'm in. But look what we got. So, you know, uh, be careful yes. what you wish for, Mr. Harlow. I'm, I'm anyway. Not sure. I'm not let, sure I need it on the pyramids. But we, we yeah. can go and talk about something else that you won't want to see at the same time. Well, let's talk about a film that, that may be slightly better than it, but it is, sadly, it is. not by much, unfortunately. Look, it is better. It is better. But but it, I, the marketing oh, is... your poor the, brain. I know. The marketing <laughs> is very clever for this one. This Just to be the, clear, we're not talking about the Black Demon now, are we? No, you can if you want to. But we're talking, we're talking about The Flash. There we now, go. The Flash, a couple of years ago, maybe longer, you know, it's been sat on the back burner... Yeah. Because of um, its star Ezra Miller and his off-screen antics in various different countries and various different people alleged, and uh, you know, it it it's if you've seen the movie, if you watch the movie, you'll know that there was just no possibility that they could have recast once they shot that. It's there's no way they could have done it. They couldn't have CG'd or deep faked him out. He was oh, sorry. They I suppose we've got to get it right. They. They couldn't have deep faked them out, yes. And he, he, uh, they, yeah. they caused, yeah. they caused a, a huge amount of uh, discomfort for yes. the release of this film, yes, because it was a political and a PR nightmare. And I will give them credit: the the film when it came to release. All everybody was talking about was Michael Keaton as Batman. It became the return of Michael Keaton as Batman. And when you watch it, there's nothing wrong with Ezra Miller's performance in it. Yeah. It's a it's a solid performance, uh, partially snarky, partially cleverly, knowingly snarky it's i mean it's it's not a bad performance for a center of the movie and repositioning the movie as keeping up front really really makes it hard for me to say that people shouldn't go and see this because if you grew up with uh, 89 batman and liked michael keaton's batman which really you should um it's great seeing him back he's as you might expect, absolutely scene-stealing. And what's great about him, and what was probably great about the 89 Batman, sure he is clunky in combat and a bit stiff, but he was the best Bruce Wayne. Like, by <laughs> far, yes, his far. Bruce Wayne was someone you could fully see was a little bit unhinged. He, he was a little bit disturbed. He's a little yeah. bit Let's get crazy. Hey, hey. And, you know, I don't I don't think I've ever been in this room before. I mean, <laughs> he he was eccentric and charming at the same time. You know, he didn't have to be a drunk, typical playboy. He he actually managed to carry off an aloofness there. Uh, and he had a skittish kind of nature to him that that was born out of 30 other things going on in his head, one of which being the death of his parents haunting him. 
but um, but he had a fantastic look in his eyes and a fa fantastic way about him. And Keaton brought the best Bruce Wayne by far, and he I brings thought... it back now. Excellent. He's he's making spaghetti, and he is he's uh, Michael. Is that, Ke a, is that a spoiler? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne making spaghetti, and you absolutely know from the way he's acting around making spaghetti that it is Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne making making spaghetti. It's crazy how good he is in the parts. What would it's John and Greg give it though? You know, that's a Master Chef gag there because he's making spaghetti. Do you know what? Forget it. I'm wasted. <laughs> Go back to watching Family Stallone, man. Honestly, <laughs> hey, I didn't know what, uh, it's, it's all right. I'm up this week. I'm, I'm, I'm all up to speed. It's all good. Frank's all right. His nosebleed dried up. We're all okay. I haven't seen a single episode of Black Mirror. Nope. Up to date on oh, the, the See, Family Stallone. Yep. And Master Chef. Anyway, right. sorry. So yeah, look, here's the reason why you'd see this movie. Other than that. The the good marketing aspect has conned people into going to in to see a real hot mess of a movie. Ooh. It's it's really everything you could imagine DC in its current iteration doing <laughs> with a, a properly good comic story. Flash Flashpoint yeah. is is very awesome. it's seminal. It's yeah. yeah, it is. It's it's up there with the sort of the end games of the of the Marvel universe. They the the thing about flashpoint as a story is it's it, it can reset the entire future of the universe it has such great potential and if handled right it makes flash like the star and integral but it also gives you some really dark alternate versions of all of the characters you know and love this is just nothing like flash yeah. flashpoint <laughs> it's just a real it, it's it's really more of a flash movie where they just happen to have select scenes taken from flashpoint and injected into us and some you know time travel stuff that is more really born from re-watching the back to the future movies which i'll give it credit is a nice nod because it's nice going oh yeah i can kind of see how that's back to future -y. um but but to do that to a sort of a seminal comic book run, it's not what it's not what fans would really want. And also to have people out there saying it's the it's one of the greatest. I, I saw a preview showing. I mm. saw a preview showing where they took they had, gave you doggy bags, little recyclable doggy bags to put your mobile phone in because they were so worried that people would be like tweeting or doing stuff in the middle of this all important preview showing. And the guy came on board with a microphone before silenced everybody. And he said, I've seen this movie and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil it for you. But I got to say, it's one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. It's up there. Top. Uh, I think he said top two DC superhero movies. <laughs> and I just thought, does he mean that he's only ever seen like only ever seen Wonder two. Woman two. This, this and Helen Slater in Supergirl. That's yeah. it. That's all no, he's ever seen. This and Emancipation of Harlequin. I, I don't know. This, he's like, <laughs> it's like really bad. I mean, you know something's wrong when that's the introduction. That's yeah. not a good introduction. That's not a way to get your, yeah. your audience hyped. 
that, that um, that's that's for all the critics who had already written their review, so they could just have a snooze. That was the tagline, <laughs> so they could just it's put crazy. the feet up. Is that what you did, Kaz? Well, you can be I honest. Mean, no one's listening. Just, no, just, I watched. I watched the movie. Watched the movie, expecting it to be good, and it has sparks of of good flash action. It has a, a decent ish performance from Ezra Miller, and I waited an eternity for Michael Keaton to come in and save the day, and he did. Uh, Supergirl was was good, but underutilized. It wasn't her fault. The narrative was just all over the place. Mm. The final final sort of act was a uh, really, really bad CG, like bad. And I know the director's come on board. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. What a lot of rubbish that is. How do people say it's supposed to be? Oh yeah, we did. We did. Um, we did bring back some some old Star Wars characters in The Mandalorian and we used bad deep fake because we didn't really want people to think it was the real actor. You know, we, we wanted to distinguish between reality. And I mean, what possible excuse could you have for some of the CG in this? It's a dream. What in my dreams, everybody's like made a plasticine or it made out of nineties pixel pixels and really smudged. I mean, it's it's really bad CG. It's it's such bad CG that you could watch the TV series of The Flash and you could pick out some bits in that where the CG was kind of a little bit similar, a little bit rubbery and a little bit TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the John Wesley Ship Flash from the nineties. Nice. Yes. Yeah. No CG in that. No, I mean, it's disappointing that they spent so much money and it's not like they didn't have a minute to work on it. No. Oh, Miller's done something else in the press. I think we've got another six months with the CG, yeah. guys. Let's get on it. <laughs> you know, it's do, you, like... do you know what I think is disappointing? So, so obviously I haven't seen this, but I've, 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 I've seen enough of the spoiler-free comments to know. And I think what disappoints me is obviously Flashpoint Paradox was brilliant because what it did is it created a completely new set of these these famous characters that that we know and love? Yeah, it was it was a it was something you'd never seen before, yeah. and and of course what it sounds like Muschietti and and whoever whether good had something in this or whoever I don't know, it sounds like what they've done is they said hey that no way home thing, that's a yeah. work yeah. all right for the noisy neighbors didn't yeah. it? So let let's let's take let's take the paradox bit and instead of giving them a new version of these characters. Yeah. Let's bring in all these old versions instead because yeah. it worked for Spidey and Chums. And it feels like it is yet another example of DC looking over the fence. Remember Justice League and their Infinity yeah. Stones? Mm. Mother boxes. Sorry. You know, all this kind of... And I think that it for me, I, the, trailer, the trailer got me because it, it was a very good trailer because... It, it hit all those points. It gave just enough of the old and a little bit of the new with Supergirl. Didn't watch. Didn't watch well, the trailer. Well, it'd be interesting for you to go watch the trailer and tell yeah. us if you, if you think that, that the finished film bears any semblance there. But from <laughs> what I can hear, that for me is the is the biggest disappointment about the Flashpoint paradox. Is that I think got... that's yeah. I think that's spot on. <sighs> I mean, I mean, <sighs> I didn't think about it, but I think that that's yeah. I think they did a no way home. I think that that's exactly what they must have figured would work. I mean, it's mm. it's nothing like the characters that were in Flashpoint Paradox, who yeah. were at war yeah. and venomous and yeah. lost yeah. eyes and arms and limbs and were just 
a shocking representation of themselves. I mean, the Batman in oh. Flashpoint Paradox is, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, oh, yeah. unlike anything. I mean, I'm trying not to spoil it for people who go out and hunt down the real Flashpoint Paradox, yeah, but I mean, yeah. he's he's a real nice shock to the system there, yeah. as um, is the Joker. Yeah, 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 it's very, very nicely done. I mean, I, I don't. I think they maybe they thought it was too, too daring, and uh, and yeah, yeah. But I mean, I do know that two things. I know the original ending uh, involved um, Henry Cavill. I mean, every, um, mm-hmm. it's not a spoiler because everyone knows he's not in it because James Gunn's like adamant he's no longer involved as anything Superman-y, even though he was in Black Adam, but whatever. Um, so so the original ending, you know, had Henry Cavill's Superman in it. And they, uh, they do uh, an alternative. I can't tell whether it was Gunn behind it, Machete, whoever, or a, mm. a bunch of people. It's a really, really bad misjudging yeah idea that there's there's some i there's some uh there's some appearances in it some are some are good but there's one or two that are like what and the, the second thing which i think is worrying is i get that james gunn is now in charge of this big dc monolith and he can't he can't tell it how it is because he needs it to make money so he can mm. make the movies he wants to make so i yeah. kind of get that but I would say he could have been a little bit more reasonable in his sort of assessment of it. He could have said, you know, Michael Keaton is fantastic in in The Flash and not said it's one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. He didn't he didn't need to go that extra mile. I mean, it was it's just it's right. such a bad comment about this movie that I feel like it's painting my impression of what he's going to do with DC. And well, he hasn't even got started. He's got Blue Beetle, which wasn't his, and he's got Aquaman, which wasn't his. And then maybe we'll see a James Gunn movie. But he can't keep saying these are great movies. He's got to he's got to. I, I mean, it's the more you hear about this stuff, you just don't know how much things like, you know, the Ezra Miller stuff. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how much the Warner Brothers Discovery shenanigans behind the scenes has, has has played into all of this. But it seems that almost every dis- every poor decision that DC could have made in probably the making and the run up to release they made. I mean, I think the the Ezra Miller thing because obviously he was kept out of all press, which I think was probably fine, and there was no comment from DC. But he just rocks up at the red carpet at the premiere and, uh, you know, as if nothing's happened and no one said anything and there was no comment or anything. And suddenly the message boards, the forums went nuts with the, hey, fair enough, we (laughs) thought you were just going to get rid of him and keep him out. But now you've wheeled him out as if nothing's happened. They're they're talking about a flash too with him. well, Well, again, I mean. Do you know what? I'm all for second chances and things like that, but I think the way they've handled it, and if early word on the box office is right, this is this has gone nowhere near what expectations were. And you've got yeah. to think, why is it? Because it was a kick-ass trailer 
And again, mm. in it, it'll be a combination of things like the Miller factor. There'll be a combination of everyone, everyone under the age of 40 going, who's that old fart as Batman? I'm not <laughs> yeah. interested in that. So everyone <laughs> under 40 doesn't go see yeah. it. So, you know, again, like Transformers, you've suddenly got an identity crisis for yeah. what should be this mass. Anyway, who knows? Who knows? I'll tell you what, they're, they're going to look back and they're going to go, God damn, the, the Snyder era of dc was actually mm. pretty good that's yeah. that's the weirdest thing mm. at least had some consistency to it is what they're gonna say at least had a like a vision to it even if it was too dark even if it wasn't for everybody started I mean, well everything else after was a bit poo <laughs> just what what a mess right now though. yes this is anyway don't don't see the flash even if you don't want to see transformers I would see Spider-Verse. The, the Flash is, I, as much as I love Keaton, I'm going to say, just save it. You'll enjoy it at home. It, it, is, a, it is a hot mess of a movie. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, stone so away from, you know, the next indie film, the next Mission Impossible film, Oppenheimer. There's loads of stuff coming yeah. out. Gonna take the kids, take the kids to Spider-Verse. They still want to see something else. Take him to it again. <laughs> you know, really. We got, or we've got the Black Demon, don't we, Mark? Yeah. No. Because you know what? I, uh. want, I, I like Josh Lucas. I told you, Josh Lucas can do anything after he did um, Sweet Home Alabama. And yeah, I liked Sweet Home Alabama for my the classic. It's I like classic. Reese Witherspoon and Josh Lucas in Sweet <laughs> Home Alabama. And I might have to go and watch that again. Uh, <laughs> I like I like stealth. I like that, and I like him in uh, Yellowstone. He's a great, mm. uh, great choice for a young Kevin Costner's Dutton, you know. And um, well, well, he, he, to be fair, even uh, is it Adrian Grunberg, the director of this? Yeah, he did I Rambo. Quite, I, I quite like Bond. Last Blood. Yeah, I mean, so it, you know, and okay, so so let 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 let's be brutally honest here. This is every inch a bottom shelf dime store crap shark movie. However, it does it does two things particularly badly. So obviously, we're all used to these films. Uh, all the shots of the shark in the trailer. You know, <laughs> there's not a lot of shark in these shark movies. Be it Great White, be it The Requin, be it one of the forty-seven meters. You name it. There's so many of these where we're used to not seeing the shark in the shark movie. So that's yes. a given. Yeah. However, this does two things particularly badly. The first is because it's set on an oil rig and because it's got some really ham-fisted social corporate guilt complex about the white man colonizing, industrializing and colonizing every part of the planet, you know, it's got a hideous environmental message which it rams down your throat. Not just because Every time you see the shark underwater, it's through a gauze of thick gloop oil because oil in the sea is bad, kids. Not just because of that. It stops the film and it has a nice little environmental damage montage where we get to see all manner of things, you know, uh, forest fires and struggling little birds and, you know, all you know polar bears on very small icebergs, you know, all that kind of crap. It stops the film to give us, as if we didn't know, Right. Mm. So it shoves that down your throat, you know, and, and then the second thing is it's in the title, The Black Demon. 
right? So it, it posits that this isn't just a megalodon, you know, your, your regular megalodon, because you know, <laughs> those are fine, you know, maybe on the endangered species list, but, you know, they're a normal thing. No, this isn't a regular megalodon. This is a demonic entity conjured up by the sea to take revenge upon man, right? So it's in the title. And there are two scenes whereby a couple of people have some strange hallucinations underwater. And it hints that that's caused by the demon shark. And that's the environmental damage. Well, then you don't know because then it stops and then it goes away. <laughs> and then it's just a regular megalodon again, you know? And so it's, it's, it's just so poor. It really is poor i mean if you're a glutton for punishment you like things like the requin or from below i know i know tom is particularly a fan of these kind of films uh you know fill your boots but let, let's be honest if this just piles the pressure on on ben wheatley to get the meg two right because it looks I mean, like it really that, doesn't it does that, the opposite. That, that's our only hope <laughs> for saving the shark movie roster of 2023 so come on mr wheatley finger out give us the meg two is it what's he gonna do headbutt the shark now he punched it last time. Spoiler. Oh well, he stabs it with a sword. Oh, you don't watch. You don't. You don't watch trailers, do you? He stabs it with a sword in this one. Oh, yes. thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Sorry. Is he the last knight? This is. Anyway. Yeah, um... King, King Arthur rocks on up at the end, probably. Yes. Yeah. Don't I mean... see the black demon, anyone. And even worse, it's on Blu-ray next month. Don't buy it either. Just, <laughs> just avoid. The way you say it makes me want to say it makes. Um... Steven Seagal's on Deadly Ground sound like a eco documentary. You know, I feel like yeah, people said about that at the time. All of the environmental messages were really badly handled and shoved down your throat. But oh, this actually, is dreadful. yeah, this <laughs> sounds <laughs> dreadful to actually include a montage. Oh, and... It's just so. <laughs> it's not. It's not even like you know. Hey, look at this computer screen where the montage is at. No, the montage just flashes, but it's just like, what's this going to do with anything? <laughs> Oh, it's just dross. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry, Shane. Yeah, do you know what? You, you you want a bit of Josh Lucas? Watch watch a double whammy of Sweet Home Alabama followed by Stealth, and then throw yeah. the Black Demon in the bin. Okay, okay, say it like it is, Mark. Done. <laughs> Next <laughs> extraction two. So we got to. I've got to briefly say, and I understand the logic behind this. Netflix want some good movies on their roster rather than their usual Netflix originals, mm. and it's great that they have them. My issue isn't really with that. My issue is that we have some really. I mean, I. I so before I get into Extraction Two, I'm going to say Extraction Two has some pretty decent effects in it. I think this would have done okay at the big screen, and then I see the trailer to Expendables Four, and I'm like, what? Spend ball balls. Get it right, Kaz. Really bad effects. Really bad in a trailer. So it's not even like they can, you know, pick out all the money shots and make it look really good. You know, really bad green screen. Really, really cheap effects. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking with that, but uh, it makes me worry about the prioritization here. But what Netflix have with Extraction Two is a decent. Netflix original and a worthy sequel to possibly their finest Netflix original actioner, which was Extraction One. It's a the first one was, you know, a, a taut race um, against you know armies closing in on you, 
Uh, come out of nowhere. Yeah. That's the good thing about it. Yeah, it did come out of nowhere. It did. It did feel a bit like John mm. Wick. It did feel like what was what's going on here. It's Chris Hemsworth. He's a bit moody. He's depressed about the loss of his his kid, and you know, and and all of a sudden he's he's in a room full of bad guys, and and it's one take shots of him smashing yeah. them around with all kinds of weapons. Fantastic choreography. Excellent with guns as well. Takes the streets. Takes the cars. I mean. It was it was a brilliant action film. It ended on a note where you didn't know whether you were going to get another one. I mean, to be honest, we're, we're not all stupid. It, it had enough of a tease about it, but we didn't know. But, you know, it, it made a stupid amount of money and it's a good Netflix original. I mean, Netflix aren't that stupid, you know, so they they've teamed up to make another one. It took a minute to get going, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because of, yeah, of COVID, mm. they, they delayed it. But, I mean, they're, they're not being stupid now. They've already announced the third one. Um, it's great. Hemsworth's back. It continues pretty much straight after the last one. Yeah. And um, it does yeah. everything you would expect from it. It's just a nuts and bolts action film. What's nice? What was nice for me was, firstly, it defies any kind of act structure. There are several points in the movie where you think, God, that would have been a great like finale, a great like ender level beast of a thing to overcome. And then it keeps rolling. It takes like a minute for them to breathe. And then it it goes straight back into another brilliant sequence that <laughs> and ends hanging off a, a skyscraper. And yes, this could be a great finale to the film. It's not over yet. So um so it, it's got some surprising legs to it, let's say. For two hours, it keeps the momentum going. Hemsworth's great in the role. It ups the ante with the one-take shots with a brilliant Raid 2-esque sort of prison bout, which is really yeah. very, very well handled. Yeah, that, that first action scene. It's from great. To end. It was. Uh, it might have been a little bit of children men. That really, really long take from beginning. It just yeah. kept going and kept going and kept going up and down the stairs. Everything. Yeah, yeah stairs in and out of the train. Oh, mate, incredible! Absolutely yeah. incredible. Nice. It, was, it was very, very well handled. Um, and so tense. Yes. Really, <laughs> yeah. really tense. You, you, at the the end of it, you're going, your voice, oh, you're, you're yeah. exhausted after that first scene, and you've still got an hour and a half to go. You, yeah. I mean, it finds a way of, of keeping that going, even when you think you're safe. So, um, so credit to them for doing that. I like that they brought back some of the characters from the first movie. And uh, I, I just think it's one of the the best things netflix have done for a, a long while and was very happy i watched the first one again the other day just to get back into it and um and it was worth it watching them you know pretty much back to back it there there are a couple of fine action films i'm not going to say outright that i'm going to compare them to and which is better with the john wick movies and i know that a lot of people have fallen out of love with where john wick has gone I mean, I love the John Wick movies as well. They're, they're different beasts. But the fact that we have the Extraction franchise and the John Wick franchise makes me very happy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. We should, we should, for the sake of balance, we should say it's not perfect. I mean, there are stupid things that happen. There are stupid. You know, they, they've got the the bulletproof armor that's bulletproof until it's not bulletproof, you know, that kind of thing. But <gasps> is it the I same mean, you... is it the same jacket as John Wick wears? No, no, no. <laughs> no, it, it's, no it's not proper like, like... proper bulletproof armor. Yeah. Um, uh... Yeah. Um 
until it's not, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they've got. I mean, there I are mean, stupid things, but there are in, stupid in, in things. In the grand scheme of it, you you can forget. I mean, it, it trucks along so quickly, mm. you know, yes. and the, the characters are believable, you know. Yes, and they br- they bring back the girl from the first one, and uh, the nice thing about it. I, I found was that the the relationship with them is very unsaid, a little bit like um, Ilsa and Ethan in Mission Impossible. There's like a unspokenness to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this gold shifter Ferrani, who's who was in the first one as a fellow Merc, the yep. person who sort of she's gave Hemsworth the job. But she's yeah, back. Exactly. She's back, and she's in the field this time round. And actually, I think they increase the tension and the unpredictability of the movie by giving yeah. them a certain something but it's again it's handled so well that it isn't anything in particular mm. um but yeah i mean and, yeah, and they're not afraid to take risks in some of these characters that you've been with since the yeah, beginning of the movie yeah they're not yes <laughs> yes which makes it even more yeah you know surprising yes it isn't perfect but damn it's a it's a it's pretty it's pretty good it's a great action film on netflix that's a netflix original that's yeah 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 there's only two of those so <laughs> um but yeah you got to get a watch mark i feel like you should. i will i been will you were busy watching shark movies i'm just saying <sighs> Well, well, apparently uh, I, I'm not into special effects, so I don't get special effects movies. I'm just catching up on some of the some of the posts in the Transformers thread, which which, which are most amusing. Anyone wants to giggle on a, on, a, on a Sunday or a Monday night, just check out the Transformers Rise of the Beast review yeah, thread don't, now. Don't, don't do it mid-podcast, though, guys. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, not you. I'm saying the people listening. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, go yeah. off and check out the threads. We're going to be... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, stay, okay. stay, stay, stay okay. to us. next. Yeah, we, stay with us. Some good, good a stuff bit talking about. Yeah. But yeah, but yes, I will. Although I have to admit, I wasn't a big fan of the first one. I found it a bit meh. But you've convinced me that this is better. Well, yeah. I'll check it's it out. Not, it's just like the first one, man. You better go back to family at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Look. Look. Stop no, you there'll, there. be, there'll be there'll be a rubbish shark movie out next next month. I'll just watch that instead. Okay. Well. We are going to talk about 4K discs next. If you enjoy the podcast on YouTube, then please like and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version, then please leave us a rating on your podcast app. We invite you to email questions and feedback to podcast at avforums.com and join in with this episode's discussion thread in the podcasts forum at avforums. like a shock of a podcast this one because we're doing a we're doing 4k reviews and mark doesn't have any 4k reviews to talk about you gotta make something up i'm gonna sit back and just listen to you guys it's the weirdest thing right so i saw john wick chapter four on 4k it is utterly demo reference all of the hyperbole words you'd use to describe what is a fantastic disc I, I actually watched it back to back with three, and I would say that visually it had the edge to me. There's an aesthetic choice there. I think John Wick 4 is like a, a work of art visually, whatever you might think of the movie. Mm. Some of the choices about the settings and the reds and the blues and the uh, the style and the framing is just even better than than anything in the series before. 
and um and so i think that chapter four had the edge it's it's in 4k uh dolby vision and it's got dolby atmos um they both look and sound great i'm gonna say chapter four looks better perhaps because of those stylistic choices um but i'm gonna say that the audio is is reference on both but if you're going to get down to the the nitty gritty of whether there or not there's enough separation or enough use of the atmos chapter three did have the slight edge they both have some thunderous gunfire to them and um and you definitely you know you, you turn this up to a level that you know is just below standard for something like fucking disney and uh, <laughs> and you find yourself you know worrying about what the neighbors going to think worrying about what the people down the road are going to think i mean it's um, <laughs> it's a it's a loud ass movie it's great i actually i actually love all the, i'm a huge apologist i love all the john wick movies i know i know it's changed and I know there's a lot of world building and I know it's not quite the same as the lean surprise that was the first movie. When the first movie came out and you told people about a Keanu Reeves movie where he's, you know, he's shooting and kicking people and they would have heard Keanu Reeves doing his version of like Taken, it being that era for him. They wouldn't have really known what what you're on about. Now we're so sort of complacent about him in the role that you're like ah john wick four it's a bit long oh yeah it gets a bit tiring watching him kick all of these people in you know in these unusual settings sure i mean we've come he a long time in the unusual settings you <laughs> yeah say? i know it's painful in the unusual settings, you know i don't want to spoil it on a family podcast but he does pick them in the unusual settings i mean i i love him i love keanu reeves i think he's a really he comes across as a really nice guy and i think he's he's pretty old to be doing this and he yeah. he makes 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 you feel like you can still get up and go and do this learn new martial arts running up and down the those damn steps and um <laughs> and film some absolutely ridiculous action scenes and uh and carry your stunt people's equipment and buy them <laughs> yes give them your pay packet i mean he comes across as a really nice guy and he gives a tom cruise amount to his movies mm. um i've got all the time in the world for the john wicks and and if you if you really liked them and didn't start going uh, you know, three's enough of enough and enough, then you'll probably really enjoy this. A bit like, you know, with Extraction. Extraction is just not going to be for everybody because it is it is just an action film. That's all it is. It's a, a run-and-gun action film. John Wick is just an action film with loads of world-building behind it, but it's it's just an excuse to show some fantastic excellently choreographed action sequences with all kinds of weapons and with your fists and with new martial arts and and in unusual settings and uh and if if you're looking for anything else or if you're a bit tired of that i can see why you ran out of steam with the franchise a while back but you know i loved them all and if you love it great disc great collection great movies excellent Nice. You saw it. You saw it on streaming. Uh, I did. Yeah, I, I got the iTunes version, and uh, and I, I mean, I mean, it is. 
it, it, it is pantomime. It is expertly choreographed audiovisual panache wrapped around pantomime. That thing. I mean, I mean, I think I, 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 the first act for me was the flab. You know, the whole the, it, it, there's there's an extended sequence at the beginning that just doesn't feature Wick. And, yeah. you know, when you have a two hour, 50 minute nonstop action film, I think you lose that first act. It was it was set in the Okinawa continental. Lose all that because it wasn't incidental to the plot at all. Lose yeah. all that. You shave half an hour off off the time and suddenly it's leaner. It's more focused, but I, but I agree with you, Kaz. I I think Stahelski, his creative team, shot the absolute crap out of this. There was if, if Stahelski isn't in the running for directors' awards at the end of the year, and I'm being deadly serious here, that over the head one uh, with yes. the, as as the dragon's breath is going yes. nuts in that French tenement. Yes, I mean it was. I mean. I'm sat there whooping and a yeah. hollering. Absolute and it, and it... nightmare to film, apparently. Absolute nightmare to get the height to get yeah. to be able to do it. I mean, it's proper video game territory, but but, but it looks amazing. Life. Yeah, it looks it's absolutely amazing. So, so yeah, I mean, I I get that people are tired of it. Of course, it's it's drawn out. Of course, it's oh well. Now we have yet another layer of the high table <laughs> who we didn't know. Any... Well, of course it is, you know, and. You know, yeah. it is perfectly within people's rights to go. I've had enough. They're just dragging it out. That's okay. I, I don't mind it. So I'm I'm here for it, like you are, Kaz. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy it. Same guy who um, lends brother, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Well, uh, yes, I didn't realize that until I read your review. No, nice. I didn't. I mean, I didn't realize it until until I chatted with Dacascus. He he <laughs> he he made me thoroughly embarrassed about it because he went <laughs> he went. Hey, do you know about uh, Dan Lauston? And I was like, I mean, I basically with me, my me, face me went Dan. who? Me yeah. and Dan. No, I should have gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know him well. Yeah, yeah. And and he went, oh, let me tell you about him. And in that moment, I was like, oh my god, I should have known who this is. <laughs> he he is because uh, Dacascus was in John Wick three, and the connection mm-hmm. there yeah. is that Lauston, um was a cinematographer on Brotherhood of the Wolf and nice. on John Wick two, three, and four. Nice. So, so I think that I'd be very surprised if it didn't get a nod on best cinematography. I mean, wasn't, he... yeah. So, wasn't the Cascus a late, late to the party on John Wick three? Wasn't he a last minute replacement for someone? Am I making that up? Oh, no, I think I'm going to say that they wanted Donnie Yen in the third one. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. Yeah. That Yen was supposed to be in three, and he couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they wanted. Yen in three. I can't remember what Yen was yeah. doing instead. I'm going to say Star Wars, but it might not have been. It might have been post mm. that. Might if something he was doing something else and they couldn't get him. Yeah. Um, and they got uh, Dukaskis in. It was a great mm. choice. But um, yes, but yeah, I mean it's 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 a beautiful looking movie. So that those still on board Definitely. with John Wick, go and check it out. And although we had the unboxing and we have talked about it like several times. I'm going to give a quick mention to Sony's 65 on 4K, which Simon did unravel to I investigate did. the authenticity of the dinosaurs. I did. Yes, they yeah. are uh, scientifically incorrect. <laughs> but so what? 
the worst part about the film is that uh, he doesn't take his shower. I mean, <laughs> why, why would anyone want to go and see it and drive a film? Well, it keeps his shirt on. It's ridiculous. That's a, a missed opportunity. And, uh, the, the, you know, the whole film loses at least four points just for that very one fact. Oh, um, God. <laughs> it, it's okay. It's an okay action. You know, there's, uh, we, we discussed the, uh, the cover. Um, spaceman fights dinosaurs, and that's pretty much all there is to it. You know, it is, um, he yeah. crashes a ship uh, and runs across 15 kilometers, uh, encountering the worst aspects of the planet, um, you know, uh, in such a short a space of time uh, and space. It's incredible how he can go from the beach to uh, a cave system and then falling into quicksand and then into the rainforest. They did the same thing. I don't know how they managed to do that. No, they did the same thing in Game of Thrones. They went over a sand dune and ended up in Norway. They did exactly the same thing in Game of Thrones. I remember watching. Not in 15 kilometers. There was, you know, the. Oh, come on. I'm sure it was like 30 kilometers, but it was walking (laughs) distance. They walked over it and then they got to the other side and it was Scotland. You know, it was like. It was absolutely ridiculous, you know. And then, oh yeah, we got snow. It's the you know the white winter. Well, winter was coming. Let's go hang in the and <laughs> fall. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, okay. anyway. Um, small potatoes. The film itself is is you know uh, it's it's fun enough for what it is. Um, the disc itself is pretty good. Um, you know, it's a all filmed digitally. It's a native four K, um, and looks really good. Um, you know, it looks very natural. Um, colours look good. They pop the very in in the spaceship. You know all the neon stuff and the computer screens beaming off the um, beaming off the screen. Is the muzzle flash of his weapon? You know it's all great stuff. Um, and when they're in the caves and stuff, it's all very dark. There's a bit of shadowing going on. It's it's pretty good. Um, very very little to fault on that. Um, Dolby Atmos track. I've got to remind myself of it. Ah uh, oh, yes, it had some good bass. <laughs> um, yes, it did. It has some pretty good bass. As I as I uh, as I'm reading it from my own review, <laughs> very nice. Um, you know, I mean, when did I watch that? It was like two weeks ago. Uh, you know, there's been so much between then and now. You know, I've got I'm full of extraction and black black mirror and all that stuff. Oh yeah, so so long ago. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna have time yeah. for black mirror. Sorry about making you watch that stuff. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell us um tell us what's up, upcoming on 4k mark really really quickly really, on, really quickly. in one, okay. breath. In one, one breath. breath all right uh so eureka announced uh they uh, their port of kino's 4k uh awesome wells classic touch of evil nice mm-hmm. uh 4k versions for all three cuts boatload of extras nice uh paramount have announced uh, <laughs> announced the sci-fi classic that no one in the forums really wanted and made people very grumpy that they dared to release John Favreau's Cowboys and Aliens, you know. Uh, but then on the other hand, they then also uh, have announced Three Days of the Condor and Staying Alive. So again, typical okay. schizophrenic Paramount. You can, mm-hmm. you can. They're, they're probably now throwing darts at a dartboard as to which one of those they'll put the effort into the restoration, and which yeah. which two will just get the usual crappy DNR uh, decade old master. Uh, Studio Canal are finally putting some Sam, Pe- Sa- bleh, Sam Peckinpah out on 4k with the james coburn wartime classic cross of iron for the 31st of july Mm -hmm. uh warner brothers have finally officially announced their enter the dragon set as part of their centenary uh celebrations for the 7th of august this one looks a doozy both cuts in 4k and i'm not a steelbook kind of guy but i think even i'm going to stump up for the lovely steelbook set because it's not got like four or six art cards it's got like 
a hundred bits of paper shoved in there. So uh, <laughs> I'm in for all that. Uh, Infinity Pool has been an interesting one. So Infinity Pool uh, has only had a 1080p release over in the States. It's coming out this month. I think, in 1080p over here. But everyone was moaning about why is there no 4K version. And interestingly enough, it's coming, but on a very, very small and little-known US indie label called Decal Releasing. Never heard of it. But at least Infinity Pool is coming out on 4K. Uh, and finally, Criterion, only in the States, OBS. Uh, have announced their September 4K lineup, and yes, get ready, it's going to be expensive. We've got The Princess Bride, which has already been released in Germany, but is a cracking transfer, apparently. We've got Nick Rogue's stunning walkabout and the uh, excellently reviewed Bowie documentary Moonage Daydream, uh, all in 4K, and that last one gets an Atmos track as well, so it looks like September's going to get expensive, folks. Done. Nice. Very nicely done. Okay, next up... It is streaming and TV show news. If you'd like to support the AV Forums podcast on a regular basis, then why not become a patron? Head over to patreon.com forward slash AV Forums to sign up. You can also make a one-off donation through the Super Chat or via streamlabs.com forward slash AV Forums. All donations help us to improve the website and the podcasts. Thank you to all our supporters. Right, on the TV front, streaming front, Mark went boldly where no person... Where everyone has gone before. No person had gone before, because you got up at 8am to do it, uh, with the season premiere of Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2. Yes. Uh, well, unsurprisingly, it's very much business as usual with Strange New Worlds. It uh, manages to jump straight into exactly what made the first season a whole lot of fun. Uh, light and frothy, twinkle in the eye, uh, very much channeling uh, the original series tone, uh, but with the high-gloss sheen of uh, all, all the CG that modern budgets can buy. Uh, so we open, it was a bit of a strange opener. Uh, if I'm honest, so uh, very strange narrative decision to basically not have Captain Pike in it at all. Yeah, uh, bar, uh, yeah. bar the opening, the opening minutes or so. Uh, but what it meant is that uh, Ethan Peck, Spock took uh, center stage for once, and they're off. They they steal the Enterprise. There's a as ever. <laughs> there's a galaxy threatening civil war that they. My God, spoilers, Mark. Spoilers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 well. It's right that it's they un- that they uncover and quash in the space of about thirty minutes, and yep. there's still time for blood wine for everyone at the end. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I put in the review complexity and nuance. Yet yeah, not here. But it makes up for an awful lot in terms of style, in terms of tone. I love the cast of characters. Uh, yeah. And I even like, I mean, I, I'm an unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt stan. So I love Carol Kane. So seeing her crop up in this as, the, she's great in it. as, as the potential chief engineer, yeah, I'm like, she's... I'll have me some of that. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it ended. I had a smile on my face. It was great. I think it now needs to be better. And I, and I think they hinted at where the uh, threat is coming from this season. Uh, they hinted at where the, the arc for the season is going to go. And I think that's great. 
I, 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 you know, it, it did its job to say, hey, remember us, we're the fun trek. You know, we're the Trek that doesn't mind throwing all those flash visuals around and not bothering with deeply complex human emotions and, and all that kind of stuff. We're the fun crew. And I think it did that well. But I think episode two needs to suddenly start putting a little bit more meat on the bones. Otherwise, it's going to get a little bit lightweight. What yeah. do you think, Si? Um, yes, I agree with everything you've just said there. Um the episode was a bit strange. It was okay. Um, liquid spinach to make everyone punch everyone. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it was all a bit fighty fighty, wasn't it? Um, uh, I'll <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, it was okay. I think what what I liked about your review um, was you mentioned the fact that when it now that it's been released, the Star Trek uh, persona is now a very different place after mm. Picard season three. Because um, I've said it before, um, when Strange New World came out, it was a beacon of light in all the darkness that was New Trek. And then uh, season three, Picard came out, and suddenly this is how it should be done. Okay. And so far, uh, in the the one episode that we've seen, they're doing the same thing. They need to up their game a bit because they've now got something to look at and say, oh, look, that show, that's what we should be doing. Um, We don't need to. be the best one anymore we can just emulate a little bit of that um so you're absolutely right it does need to be better um as good as as a good start it needs to up its game a little bit and i I agree and i hope what it doesn't do is obviously with it being a prequel i hope it doesn't lean into all the you know the the, this week's callback to the original series is this and this week's original series character is that and i hope Mm. it doesn't it doesn't Doesn't double down and turn into all that because i think it had established its own set of characters so well in the first season that it should just be content now to 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 be that and and of course worryingly for me anson mount's hair was not very big (laughs) (laughs) and and it needs to be bigger in later episodes i'm afraid more hair mounts. Maybe More maybe hair. that's why he wasn't in it as much. He's gone to sort out. He was at the hairdresser. He was yeah, absolutely yeah, maybe, hairdresser. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. It just yes. needs to be a bit more trekky, a bit more Star Trekky, rather than stupid quippy comments from a very young crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah you say that. But didn't you just love the Enterprise flying like an X-wing through that that, oh, that crystal man, asteroid? Nonsense! <laughs> Come on, you loved it, really. <laughs> you loved it. <laughs> Marty, the, the, the Klingon battle cruiser that looks a piece. I will hey, say that was this, eye they, near porn if ever I yeah, saw it. They've done they've done really well with the starship porn. Like mm. watching it, and it's like, yeah, they. Oh, you watched you watched it, Kaz. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, what do you like, think? Yeah, I missed I missed Anson Mount, mm-hmm. but I, I I'm 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 okay with it, and I'm happy it's back. I, I've definitely got a I'm happy it's back thing. Yeah. Yes, it's a little bit cheesy. Yes, okay. Spock's heart rate is fluttering. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> go play your little instrument. Yes, I mean, sure. Yeah, okay. But um, but it was nice. It was nice having it back. Very watchable Star Trek, and it doesn't have that overbearing smile and cry like desperation of disco. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm happy in the company. <laughs> it's it's really good, and I do like the new edition. She was she was cracking. 
you know she she knew all the ways to play spock i also love spock's um catchphrase is <laughs> It was fantastic. <laughs> that was that was nicely judged. Oh, utterly spoiled in your review, Mark. I mean, come well, on. Well, yeah, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. It is. It is. It is. Um I I it, did enough of all that frothiness. Tell us yes. something dark and depressing. Yes, let's Kaz. talk about something. Yeah, maybe it helped watch Star Trek afterwards. <laughs> maybe that was just what you need. I mean, I watched five episodes, uh, all five episodes of the latest season, the sixth season of Black Mirror, which has been going on for 12 years now. It's Charlie Brooker's very, very dark tales. They're sort of satirical. They're sort of sci-fi. They're sort of horror. Uh, they almost always end with a really bad taste, dark twist. Yeah. Like, it's really like maybe this is okay and then the final thing is they're all locked in a dungeon yeah. or something you know or it turns out that the person you've been watching for the last half an hour is a serial killer and this is an, a nightmare that they're having to endure whilst in prison or why their minds are tied to a computer or something remember, you know remember kids the future's terrible <laughs> yeah it's really <laughs> it really is you know anyway there are also some my favourite episodes are not the dark ones. Ooh, the enough. first one, isn't it? And my favourite—I mean, that's a great one. The first one, what with the pig? Uh, no, oh, I thought oh, you were the latest. About this no, my favourite episodes of Black Mirror are not the dark ones. San Junipero is easily my favourite of all of the episodes, and it's just not dark like this. In this season, what's nice about it is that he actually seems to be having a bit of fun. My favourite episodes in this, and we'll see what size are, are the first and the last ones. Uh, the, I mean, the the last one in particular is like an exploitationist throwback. It's awesome. It's, yeah, it is. It's Absolutely really awesome. It's very the, the, the filming technique on it is brilliant, and the attention to detail to the seventy nine era that it's set in nineteen seventy nine era is. Perfect, even down to the milk bottle shape and bottled silver top. It's, oh, it's very, very nice. Perfect. We're, we're skipping to the end with it, but I will say, out of all of the episodes, it was the most surprising for him because it was it has a bit of uh, sort of fantasy, dark fantasy in there. Some it's mysticism. Music. It's got some great music, some horror, and it's and it's set in like racist seventies England. Yeah, it's quintessentially British, but with a a bit bit of an edge to it. And um, I thought it was wonderfully done. I mean, in in the review, I said it was a little bit like Charlie Brooker's Dark Aladdin. It, yeah. uh, and yeah, it's got it's got some vibes to that, but I mean, it's Charlie Brooker's Dark Aladdin. It is not Aladdin. <laughs> I'm just just <laughs> really emphasizing yeah. that. Um, but but that what was nice about that is it really showed Brooker having fun. And yeah. there's a fine line for him between having fun with you, with the audience, and having fun at your expense. And go, ha, yeah, you thought you were safe, but actually no, you're all dead. Um, and this was a this was more of a having fun with the audience thing. It was it was very nice, and it's under a new label. Uh, I think it's Red Mirror, they called it. And he said, it, one, yeah. if the last yeah the last episode is, is under the faux exploitationy Red Mirror ban banner, 
And uh, he said, if that's a success, there'll be a Red Mirror spin-off. And if they're more like that, I'd love it. Absolutely. It was brilliant. Um, The the filming technique was fantastic. Just absolutely. You know, you kind of knew where it was going and you kind of felt it was going to end how it was going to end. And that was great. I loved it. (laughs) Um, I mean, my my favourite episode was episode one by a long, long way. Yeah, that's the other great one. Yeah, it's the first and the last that are the best of that scene. Yeah. That is just Joan is awful. Joan is awful. Yeah. Yeah. They um it's very, very clever. Touching on uh free will, multiverse, yeah. Um just everything. Deep fake. You know, yeah, what what yeah, and fake, people um, people clicking advertising, just people clicking yes on the terms and conditions. Exactly. That reminded me of that South Park episode. You know, when they had the human centipede one <laughs> never reading the terms and conditions. It was like that. It, it was, was really like, it's really great. It's a really great episode. Really good. I can together. see your face, Mark. No, it was, it's worth watching. He's I never really seen. Podcast has turned into an episode of Black Mirror. He's never. Well, you <laughs> never watched it, so you. That's true. Know. I've never seen it. I've yes. got a clue what it's all about. Go watch Jonah's Awful. Jonah's yeah. Awful all is right. about uh, uh, an exec who suddenly dis- watches a program on her awfully Netflix-like streaming Streamberry service called Streamberry. Which has a little icon that is an, an S, just like the same startup. I mean, it's, just, ne- <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, to be it honest, is. I think they should have called it Netflix, but Streamberry's great. I might start calling Netflix Streamberry. I did in the review, but yeah, I mean, it's Streamberry. She, so she watches this program on Streamberry called Joan is Awful, and her name's Joan. It's got Salma Hayek in it, but Salma Hayek's got her color hair, and Salma Hayek's playing an executive who's really mean to people. And nobody likes her and is like cheating on her husband and it, going to exact same restaurants and living in the same flat. And oh my God. So it's, now I don't oh need to God. see it. Thanks, Kaz. No, that's no, that you do. just the problem. Right, I'll watch it. We'll you, watch. You have no idea. It's got uh, Michael Sarah pops up for a scene, absolutely scene stealing, like two lines. And he's he's fantastic in it. Um, Salma the Hayek's whole episode is brilliant. A lot of fun. It's so it, clever. It, right, I'll really, watch. Really, really it's a lot of fun. And again, Brooker having yeah. fun with us, yeah, not yeah. at our expense. I mean, yeah. The in between episodes are okay. Lock Henry found footage yeah, is it's right. literal found footage, but it's yeah, but not, nothing different no. really. I mean, you could see where again, you could see where it was going. If you like that sort of thing, yeah. Um, next one, Beyond the Sea. That was quite clever. Um, that had some nice ideas to it. It had some shock, um, shock. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Sea. It wasn't. It there wasn't as go. good as the first at last. It's got the Beyond the Sea song in it. It's about a couple of. It's set in the sixties. Couple of astronauts who who the technology in a kind of a retro steampunk way. though the technology enables them to still have portions of time with their family back home i mean i'm not going to spoil how they do it or how it works but something bad that happens back home and it's really bad yeah it's about how it affects them and how it affects these two guys yeah because they have to both of them have to be on the shuttle and coexist on a deep space mission anything happens to either one of them yeah anything happens to either one of them and the other one's in a lot of trouble so navigating this earthbound horror from up there becomes i mean it, it's it, it's very well done yeah. all right i'll watch the yeah. bloody thing no and uh, and day is, yeah maybe that out and out i suppose you call it out and out horror couldn't you don't, yeah, you don't I mean, have no idea where it's going until right at the very end 
and then you think oh right okay which i think was great but i'm yeah. i'm just not yeah you're not a horror dude kaz no no it's not that it's just i wanted more Ooh. so the twist in in Maisie day i mean you know there's a twist in every charlie brooker film but the twist in Maisie day comes in the, like the last five minutes yeah and it's in, in and it is the entire like raison d'etre for the for the episode which is which is instead very focused on sort of how horrible paparazzi are yep. and i would say that it's I mean, it's pretty obvious paparazzi are not very nice. That's pretty scum, yeah. I'm not sure I needed. I mean, they do try and play and... the other side of it, don't they? With the line about you know they become an actor, they must, you know, they want the fame, so they've got to take the other bit with it. You know, and they, they maybe, try and play it, but I mean, but they, they are pretty reprehensible. They always. are really, they're, they're yeah. really, really, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I'm not sure the the three middle uh, are watchable but the real standouts are the ones at the beginning and the end the one at the end yeah. just because it's so different stylistically and the one at the be- beginning you know, joan is awful, awful. is yeah. is very clever very very clever just yeah. watch joan is awful really. watch them all fine well then start at season one and watch them all mark uh, i'll see you ne- see you uh see you tomorrow <laughs> after you've watched them all <laughs> um Right, that's Black Mirror. We, we're going to just shout shout because we're way over time. I'm going to say uh, The Idol with The Weekend and. Um, yeah. Lily Rose Depp. Yeah. I mean, she's doing her best Miley Cyrus impression. He cannot act and he makes good music, which is kind of in there, but he, the two of them together, is bad. Just read the review. It's bad. I gave it like a a three and loads of people agreed with me. I mean, that it's a bad show. There you are. Then it's bad. Yeah, it's got got to be really bad. It's not a coincidence. Because normally people come on and say, oh, it's at least a four. But this time they actually agreed with the three. um, Well, do you know what, Kaz? I I made that mistake on the crowded room. You should have given it a four, man. No. So so I, I, I put it on. I typical apple stuff it's very it's handsome looking tom holland is pretty good it's the mo it's it's a filler episode from the off uh you know and everyone in the thread was like oh no mark you're wrong it's really good it's really good so i went back and made the mistake of actually watching the second and third episodes (laughs) and now those people owe me two hours of life (laughs) it was dreadful it got even worse oh, so, again i know people go apple is all quality yeah no it ain't no yeah. it ain't the crowded room is dreadful yes Avoid. i mean i'm so i'm much on a down event. Um, no we're not we're gonna we're gonna skip right past those and uh and end on arnie arnold yes well, it is on arnie isn't it netflix Arn- mm. arnold schwarzenegger yeah. documentary read mark's yeah. review uh, yeah, uh, and and if if you don't have time to watch three hours of Arnie, this thing should have been thirty hours. Let's be brutally honest with the life <laughs> that he's led. Honestly, if they announced a thirty-hour director's call, only you would watch. It. We'll watch. We'll <laughs> only watch. only uh, you would watch it. But but, but it, it splits it up into three episodes. The first hour an episode deals with his sort of pre-Hollywood fame, his bodybuilding, him achieving Mister Universe. The second episode is in conquering Hollywood. All the store well barely any stories about the films you want to see an inordinate amount of time spent talking about twins for some strange reason uh the third episode is where the real meat is at his his political career and his late stage life 
that's the bit where you see Arnie not as you expect. It's a it's a mega slick production, as you'd imagine. Arnie is recounting his life in these huge palatial oak panelled offices with a cigar this size. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's exactly as you'd expect. But this final, this third episode, he he lays it all out in in unexpected honesty. He goes into the failures of his political career. He goes into the failures of his personal life. His admission about some of the mistakes he's made. It's a very very different Arnie, and it ends with bless. It ends with him chasing his little Shetland and his and his little donkey around, shoveling up the poo that he does, which is really hilarious. While he's talking very openly and honestly about the pain of losing a very close friend and something i never thought i'd ever hear him say is his hatred of his own body now that he's got old his body is not what it was and he talks at length about his his body dysmorphia and how he feels about you know this thing which defined him for his entire life now do you know what it was it was a real it sounds like it ended on a downer it didn't it ended on a note of real raw honesty from him and i think it made the, it made the entire thing Obviously, the, the second episode about Hollywood should have been three hours long. There wasn't enough talk about the classic films. If that's all you want to watch this for, him talk about Predator and Total Recall and all that, you'll be disappointed. It, it, it's the it's the opening episode and the final episode. That's where the real meat of it is. Can't recommend it enough. It's only three hours long, but it's pure Arnie, and it's brilliant. <laughs> so get it watched. Okay. Only, it's only three hours long. <laughs> I know, no, no, I hear oh, it's the way you say it. Should, should have been so much longer. Oh man, thirty hours. If it had been thirty hours, I'd have watched it. Yep. No. Right. Done. I think that's it. That is it. So coming up, we're going to be looking at some Tom Cruise 4Ks, Rain Man, The Firm, Vanilla Sky. Um, we're going to be looking at UK Hard Targets. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Avatars. Yeah, or at least Avatar 2. I don't know whether we'll get to the second one in time for the next one. And uh, Lemetbri, that's all yep. on 4K. Um, by the next podcast, we'll have had Secret Invasion. Secret <laughs> Invasion. Yeah, I know. That snuck up, didn't it? Who cares? Uh, season Ooh. 2 of the Bear. Oh, he no, I don't care about that. You care season about that. Season 2 of the Bear. Yeah. yeah, that'd be quite good. Season 2 of the Bear. Uh, where's Anderson's Asteroid City? Uh, Titans season four. Okay. okay. Idris Elba's hijack on Apple and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which Huzzah. Spielberg says is like the greatest indie film that he did direct. <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 but what does James Gunn think? That's all I care exactly. about. You know, after, after <laughs> hearing James Gunn and watching The Flash, I tell you, why do these people say this? Why? Yeah. They're mad. Oh. They're paid to, Cam. I'm, I'm still looking forward to it, but they could come on board and say, you know, he does he does an honest, honest bout in the role as an 80-something actor. Yeah. And and it's enjoyable seeing him again. He doesn't yeah. have to come on board and say, I never thought someone else would make a Sp Steven Spielberg indie film. I mean, why? <laughs> All right. Do let us know if there's anything we've not covered that you think we should check out. And that is it for the AV Forums podcast this week. My thanks to Simon Crust. Good night, folks. Thanks for joining us. And Mark Costello. Nighty night, y'alls.
If you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a like, like and subscribe to the channel, plus hit the notification bell so you don't miss out when we publish our live streams, product reviews, and more. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and bookmark avforums.com for the latest reviews, news, and videos. Plus, why not leave us a five-star rating on whichever service you use, if they allow it, but only if you enjoyed the show. Of course you guys enjoyed the show. Come yeah, on. you did. I'm Cass Harlow. Thank you for watching and listening, and join us for another podcast soon. Boom.